0: If you will, this morning, turn with me to our text, which is found in Isaiah 55 this morning. Isaiah 55, verse 7. It's Isaiah 55, 7. It reads this way. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for He will abundantly pardon. Let us pray. O Lord, how great Thou art. How merciful Thou art. How full of love Thou art, O Lord. I pray this morning as we have read this text and as we look to what that abundant pardon is this day, I pray, O Lord, that You would search us, search us in light of Thy Scriptures, that You would be pleased to reveal to us Thy pardon, that we have experienced it. We will experience it. Lord, may you be pleased today to search our souls, to bring peace and comfort to our souls, to block out all the things that are in this world today. Put us at thy feet, O Lord, to hear thy voice. Lord, may you speak to our soul this day for the glory of thee. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen text this morning. I'll read it again. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. The message today will focus on that last part. He will abundantly pardon. I want to speak today about the gift of pardon and what that means and its effects upon the believer. Sometimes I know as a minister and we we say things like um, we ask questions and we say may the Holy Spirit speak you speak to you today and answer that question in your soul and and that's always the the true answer to our soul is will the Holy Spirit speak to us this morning? Um, there's going to be some questions asked and those questions are basically simple. Have you experienced His pardon? What what is His pardon? Uh, it's You know, we see this text begins with the forgiveness of sins, the turning from a wicked way, um, the thoughts, the way that we're walking, the thoughts, how does the Lord stop us in our tracks and turn us through the gift of forgiveness and the gift of repentance? But he also, um, and what this end of this text tells us, he abundantly pardons. And pardons simply means an exemption from punishment. Now, we've had that word in the news a lot lately because our outgoing president pardoned a lot of people. And what that simply meant is he relieved them of their legal consequences that they had for the crimes that they committed. That's what pardon is. You take the legal consequence away. So if someone's to serve 10 years in prison, the pardon says you've served your time and it's done. So think about that and what the Lord has said to us as He has granted repentance, as He has brought us back to Him, as He has forgiven us of our sins, He has taken the penalty of those sins, death, hell, um, burden, conviction, or should I say uh, condemnation? All of those things have been swallowed up in Christ because of His abundant pardon. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how the Lord does this, and and, and if you've experienced it. And, And like I said, sometimes we just say that, you know, have you experienced it? We leave the Holy Spirit to say, okay, I have experienced or I haven't. But today, I want you to look into the Word with me of what the Word says about the effects of pardon. What does pardon lead to? What does, when Christ applies his pardon to us, and it becomes experiential, and we, we receive it, we live in it, we walk in it, what does it lead to? And the Bible's specific on these things, what it leads to, and that's what I want to look at today. The, the word pardon and the Lord pardoning our sins and our punishment is spoken of in the word of God as being in the past, It's spoken of in the present, and it's spoken of in the future. So, in the past, we have Isaiah 40, verse 2, says this. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished. Past tense. It is accomplished. That her iniquity is pardoned. For he has received of the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. That's not double punishment. That's grace. That's mercy. That's comfort. That's peace. And what we have for us here is is what we have in the past. We know that the scriptures tell us that our Lord is a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. We know that our pardon was secured for us then. We know that, that Christ has... and and this is my, my first question today, is as we look at past pardon, that's the question for you in that seat this morning. Has the Lord revealed this to you in the past? Has he revealed to you that your warfare is accomplished? That what he's done for you, he's done in eternity. What he's done for you is he has put your sins away. Now, if you notice, if you live the life of faith, you understand that even though that's taken place and the Lord has applied that pardon to you, you still today are a sinner. You still today need to hear His voice of Him saying to you, your sins are forgiven. Your penalty, I've paid that. I stood in your place. I took the, the wrath of the Father in His perfect justice because those sins had to be paid for. The penalty had to be met, and that penalty was death. And that is why Christ died for his people, to set them free, that we don't have that penalty. He's He's absolved us. He has taken that penalty from us. That's what pardon is. And, And that's the beauty of it, so that's in the past. But we also have the Word of God spoken of in the present. We need it just as much today. In Matthew 9, 2, the Lord said to the one that was sick of palsy, he said, and behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. At that moment, he told the one that his sins were forgiven him. Well, they were pardoned for him in eternity, but he had to experience it at that hour. And that's the time that the Lord came to him in the present time and applied pardon to him. And as I'm saying these things, as we're preaching this message this morning, I pray that the Holy Spirit is saying to you, do you remember that time? Have you uh, experienced this pardon today? Has the Lord shown you that your sins are forgiven, that he's paid the penalty, that he has stood in your place as that perfect substitute? That's the question for us of the hour. And you say, well, maybe maybe I haven't experienced that presently. Well, I've got good news for you because there's a future uh, future pardon for us too in Acts 3.19 The the word says, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. That repent, that shall is a will happen. It is a verily, verily, it is an absolute of the Lord. It will happen. He will apply pardon in the future. You know why? Because we're going to sin in the future we're going to need that pardon applied to us. We're going to need to know. We're going to need to have those arms wrapped around us. I thought about that this week as I've, you know, we're all burdened by life. Uh, The things that come into our life, whether they're problems in our house or, or problems at work or problems that we just see on TV or whatever. And when the Lord applies pardon, when he applies that he stood in your place, my question to you, that this Lord laid down his life for you, does any of that matter? Does any of, of what's going on in the world and what's going on in our day, does any of it matter when the Lord comes in time and his presence is felt in your soul and he says to you, your sins are forgiven, I've put them away? The wages of sin is death. That's the deserving for all this sin that you've done today. Your unbelief, your worrying, your fears, your complaints, your your murmurings. I've put them away. I've put the penalty of what you just did again today. I've put that penalty. It's been accomplished in me. It's been satisfied in me. We sang that song just a minute, more about Jesus. I want to know more about his pardon. I want to know more about it every day. I want to know about my Lord who died for me. I don't want to know it in the past tense. I mean, that's good, but I, I sin today. I'm going to sin tomorrow. I can guarantee that because of this fallen nature that I have in me. It won't even, I won't even make it till tomorrow. It'll be in the next minutes. Of thoughts and waywardness and these thoughts of unbelief that come on. So, what we have this morning, we have all three of these. We have pardon spoken of in the past that we needed applied, that He has died for me. In the present, as we sin now, we need the Lord to speak to us to say that He is a He is. When He died on that tree, if my sins are truly forgiven, they were pardoned when Christ died on that accursed tree. He didn't only bear my sins there in His own body. He put them away by the sacrifice of Himself. He put them away by the sacrifice of Himself. That's what Paul tells us in Ephesians 1, 7. He says, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. I I really, you know... In my younger days, full of zeal for the truth, I used to not pity people in the Catholic religion. I used to sit there and say, well, you get what you deserve. Today I have a lot more pity for them. that They, they can go to a confessional, so to speak, and say, I, you know, I have did these sins and all you got to do is say a few things or rub a few beads and you walk out of there happy. A superficial happiness. That's not what I'm talking about today. That's that's not a pardon that Jesus does in the soul. He sets you free. He sets you free in the the condemnation for that sin and and what you just did and and what you see yourself and how you see yourself as that fallen sinner, he takes that away. And when he sets up that kingdom in your mind and your heart and your soul as a reigning Lord, he applies pardon to you and says, says, I paid for that. I took that penalty, and, and that 's the thing we can we have these pictures in society about people being pardoned. Well, you know you can make that pronouncement and take their ten years away, but you're not taking the guilt away and you're not taking the sin away. you didn't take the actual act that they did to get in their way, but Jesus does Jesus did Jesus has Jesus will <laughs> all of those are appropriate to be said of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as I said this morning, my focus on the rest of this message will be, have you experienced pardon in your soul? And in light of the Scriptures, what do the Scriptures say about what is the fruit and the effects of His pardon? Because maybe, as, I have, as I've spoken these first few minutes, we're thinking, well, I'm still not clear on what pardon is, and what will pardon do for me? Maybe I haven't experienced what you're saying so far. Well, let's get a little deeper, if the Holy Spirit allows this morning. So the first first thing I want to say to you, or the first heading I want to say, is the effect of pardon in your soul produces joy and gladness. And the first place we'll go this morning is to Psalm 126 for this. So if you turn with me to Psalm 126. Now look at Psalm 126. We're just going to read the first three verses. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, captivity to sin, captivity to bondage that we're under, because yes, we do continue to sin. When he turned the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Oh, our heads were just filled with, you know what dreams are. We have dreams. I'm not talking about nightmares. I'm talking about dreams. Dreams are those things we wake up from and we say, wow, that, that was a good dream. Maybe our dreams are taking us to the throne of grace and maybe we're hearing those words. And maybe, maybe I, I don't know what about your dreams, but they're peaceful. And this one, this one, the writer here says, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. Now listen to what he says. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing then said they among the heathen. That's what I said. We're, we're burdened by everything around us. By everything around us. But in the midst of the heathen, we can say these words. The Lord has done great things for them. Us. Well, he says that, clears up. The Lord had done great things for us, whereof we are glad. What great thing has the Lord done for you? Now, it may be today you just say, well, the Lord got me out of bed. That's a great thing. Well, to some of us it is. But if He has shown you that your sins are pardoned, if He has shown you that He stood in your place, I can't emphasize that enough. He is the perfect substitute. You rightly belonged in that place. My Lord came and said, I'm going to take you, Sean, out of this place. I'm going to stand there and, and... And I'm going to take the wrath of all of your sins, past, present, and future, upon me. And I'm going to do that because I love you. Not because Sean was a good boy. Far from it. Because he loved me and he gave himself for me. It's the effect of pardon is joy and gladness. We have joy in our souls. What else? That's what I was telling you earlier. If you compare the pardon of the Lord when He comes with that power today and He shows you what you have, what else matters? (laughs) What can rob you of that joy when the Lord says your sins are forgiven? You will be with me in eternity. This is not your home. Your home is with me in eternity. I, my, my soul just leaps for joy. That's what this passage we just read was. We, we leap for joy. We have gladness. The Lord has done great things for us whereof we are glad. Paul wrote in Romans 5, 11, he said, And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. See what he's joying in, what Paul said? We're joying in Christ. We're joying in God, but through Christ who has sent His Son to die in our place. The atonement. His blood flowed down to cover my sins and take them away as far as the east is from the west. And my Father will never see them. Never see them. What a blessing that is. What And that's why I said, does that fill you with joy? Is the Holy Spirit saying to you at this minute, I have joy in what Christ has done for me in pardoning my sins? So I said, these are the effects of pardon. We don't don't think about it much when we're reading these things in the Bible, that that all of these things are for the children of God. This is what Christ has done for us. These are the effects of it. So when we heard the psalmist and we heard uh, Paul say those things, we know that that is what the Lord has done in our soul. But the second thing I want to talk about is peace. Oh, he reveals his peace. He, he says, you know what? I've reconciled you to the Father by my death. By my perfect death. By my resurrection. By my ascension. By my reigning for you. By my pardoning your sins does that bring you peace this morning? Does the Holy Spirit say to you, really, I'm at peace? Now all of us, every one of us in here have turmoil today over something because this isn't heaven. There's something that we're fretting about. There's something that we're worried about. There's something that's on our mind that's troubling us. But when the Lord comes in His peace and His pardon, does it render peace to you? Does he show you that he's done it all? Turn with me. Are we turning? Yes. Turn with me over to Romans 5. First two verses of Romans 5. Paul says this. Therefore, being justified, that found not guilty, that's being pardoned, being justified by faith. That's what faith revealed. Faith is at hand, remember. Faith is the gift of the Lord, that hand, to take what he's done and bring it to yourself. You say, well, that's what the Holy Spirit does. Right. He works through faith. He gives us faith to believe, the faith of the Son of God that doesn't waver, that's steadfast, that's an anchor of our soul. That's what he does. And that, it says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace. By whom? Jesus Christ. Also, we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice and hope of the glory of God. That's a lot to cover there in those two verses. Basically, saying we have peace in and by Christ. That peace gives us hope in Christ and that peace reveals to us all or the, the grace of faith reveals to us all that Christ has done. Is that peaceful to you? Does that pardon and being justified and being not guilty? Now remember, we're, we're guilty sinners. So we know we're guilty. This isn't something like we didn't sin. This isn't that Jesus Christ, when he laid down his life, and there was no sin found in him, and he was a lamb without spot. That's not you and I. We are guilty. But when Christ comes to us and says, you're not guilty because you're in me. I've paid that debt. You are my bride. I have have prepared you. I've done everything for you. I've washed your sins away. I've taken that penalty for those sins. I've I've, I've, I've suffered that for you. Does that give you peace in your soul? That's what I'm asking today is is the Holy Spirit, if he's pleased, to to look at these these effects of pardon and and as the Lord shows us in our soul, examines us. Is this what he does in my soul? Have Have I experienced this? Have I experienced his peace through his pardon? And then there's praise. You say, well, that sounds a lot like joy and gladness. Well, it is, but praise is audibly thanking the Lord. It's praising his name for what he's done. Let's go to Isaiah 38. We're going to go to Isaiah a couple of times today. You know, Isaiah was that prophet that they said the evangelical prophet cuz he spoke so much of Christ so clearly he saw Christ so beautifully he saw Christ in his resurrection he saw him in his in his ascension he saw him in his his advent he saw him as we saw today we see he saw him as his pardon he saw him it's just if you Isaiah is a wonderful book it's it's sometimes called the fifth gospel but Isaiah 38 beginning in verse 17. Behold, for peace I had great bitterness, but thou hast in love to my soul, you, Lord, in love to my soul, delivered it, my soul, from the pit of corruption. Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. Your spirit has come and convinced me that I'm a sinner, that I'm in need of grace, that I'm in need of that pardon, and what you've done in love to my soul is you've come and delivered it from the pit of corruption for thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. Don't see them anymore. You've cast all my sins. For the grave cannot praise thee. Death cannot celebrate thee. They that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. There's no hope in death only hope in life the hope and life of the lord jesus christ the living look at 19 the living the living he shall praise thee that's the effects of pardon he shall praise thee as i do this day the father to the children shall make known thy truth the lord was ready to save me therefore we will sing my songs to the stringed instruments All the days of our life in the house of the Lord. As we sing those hymns, those things that we sing here on every Sunday, my question is, is your soul so filled with the joy and praise of the Lord? And when he comes with that desire and shows you that I want to sing praise to my Lord. We don't have to be the best singers. Thank God for that. But when his praise fills our souls, we can't, the rocks will cry out and praise his name for what he's done. That's a beautiful passage right there. The living, the living, he shall praise thee. But in love to my soul, that's what he's done. These were the words of Hezekiah, by the way. Isaiah said this in 12.1, And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou was angry with me, thine anger is turned away and thou comfortest me. So one thing I do want you to understand is just because he puts our sins away doesn't mean mean that he hates sin, that he doesn't hate sin. He hates and abhors and is angry with sin and wickedness every day. That's what I'm saying. That's what Jesus, that's what he had to stand in our place and absolve that and take that that holy wrath, because God is so holy, he can't even look upon sin. Does it come into perspective to you today, what that pardon is and what Jesus did by standing in your place? It's powerful. You say, because because we get some crazy thoughts sometimes, Why did the Father do such a thing? Why would the Son stand? Why would He have to? Because of the holiness of God. His justice must be satisfied. Must be. He's too holy. We don't understand that because we're unholy. We have an unholy nature. But in Christ we are that holiness. We are made holy in Christ. Oh, but this this abundancy of pardon leads to confidence in the Lord. Notice what I said, confidence in the Lord. In Isaiah 12, 2, he writes, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has also become my salvation. Now, as I read that, you're probably thinking, well, the psalmist said that I don't know how many times. The Lord has become my salvation. The Lord is my rock. The Lord is, the Lord is the horn of my salvation. The Lord is my everything. I will cry out unto the Lord who has performed all things for me. And So we have these people in the Bible who have said these things about the Lord. Where does that come from? It comes from pardon it comes from the Lord bringing in the power of the soul to show you what He's done for you. That's where our confidence is. If you lack confidence going out into this world, or you lack confidence going to the marketplace, or you lack confidence in your job, the confidence for the child of God is in what what the Lord has done for him. Because when he brings that into comparison, this is what the Lord has done for you. He has stood in your place. He has died for you. With him, all things are possible. That is where perspective is. It's not in a self-help book. It's not in going to the world and saying, oh, how am I better at this? Not for the child of God. That's what the world has for the world. But the child of God has his Lord who has performed everything for him. His confidence is in his Lord because the Lord has applied the pardon. I've done this for you. If I've done the hardest thing, which is putting away sin, if I've absolved you from sin, because you can't absolve yourself, what else? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is there? After He's performed everything in His Son, confidence in the Lord then what about love? Love to Him, love to His people, and love to His way. Love to God, love to His people, and love to His way. Does that not what what the Lord, when He applies that pardon and He's showing you what He's done for you, does it not produce love in your soul for Him supremely? Then love for the brethren and love to to want to walk in his way and not to disappoint and not to sin and not to do those things that you know are against him. Paul wrote in Philemon, verse 5, he said, speaking of Philemon, he said, Hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints. Now, wouldn't you like someone to write that about you, or say that about you? Your testimony is that you love the Lord Jesus Christ, and because of that, you love his saints. Not what you've said about someone, not what you've done done against him, that you love him, and that you love his saints. David said in Psalm 84 10 For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I think about that verse all the time in my life about what satisfies me and my soul. Is it the titles in this world? Is it the jobs in this world? Is it the money of this world? Is it the tents of wickedness that that take themselves in so many different shapes and forms? Is that what makes me tick every day? Is that what makes me get up out of bed? Is that what makes me go to work? Is that what makes me do the things that I do? Or is a day in the courts of the Lord's courts better than a thousand? Is it better to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord with contentment? And love to my Lord and love to his people and love for his way. I I can't answer these things for you. I've asked and prayed that the Holy Spirit answers it for all of us. Have Have I enjoyed this reality and effect from his pardon? That the Lord is number one in my life and his people are number one in my life and his way is number one in my life. And notice all of that started with His. He, His, His. He's number one. His people. His way. That means Christ is supreme. That is loving the Lord thy God with all thy heart and soul and mind and your neighbor as yourself. It's all swallowed up in that. That's the effect of pardon. That's that's what the Lord shows us when when He shows us and He applies salvation that way. Lord... I love you more than anything. You've done this for me. It's because of him. It's because of his love. That love, we love him because he loved us first. It's the same love, though. We can't love him out of love that we have for things. That's unacceptable. It's flawed. It'll go away just as all of our love for these things do over time. We forget. Love to him, love to his people, love to his way. We're constrained by his love. Then in Psalm 48, 48, he says, I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. Have you felt that effect where you you praying unto the Lord, Lord, I delight to do thy will. I delight to walk in thy way. I don't want to hear the way of the world I don't want to hear everybody's self-help I don't want to hear everybody's idea of how to lead and how to do these things in my life. I want to hear your voice Lord. have you have you experienced that? That's the effect of this part. What about shouting victory through the blood of the lamb? What about that you ever I'm victorious through the blood of the Lamb. I'm victorious over all of these th- all of these enemies. I'm victorious over death. I'm victorious over Satan. I'm victorious over the grave. I'm victorious over sin because of Christ. Have you shouted that out? Has the Lord shown you in this pardon that you have every right to shout victory because of the blood of the Lamb? Paul wrote it this way, and you know, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, But thanks be unto God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our victory is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now go with me to Isaiah 42. told you we'd be in Isaiah a couple times. Isaiah 42. Let's look at verse 10. Sing unto the Lord a new song and His praise from the end of the earth. Ye that go down to the sea and all that is therein, the isles and the inhabitants thereof, let the wilderness and the cities thereof lift up their voice, the villages that Kedar doth inhabit. Let the inhabitants of the rock sing. Let them shout from the top of the mountains. That's what our soul does when the Lord touches and inhabits our soul. And He shows us what He's done for us. It shouts from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory unto the Lord and declare His praise in the islands. Because I've said this verse two or three times since I've been up here. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord and through His blood and through His perfect sacrifice and through His redemption and through His pardon. Have, you effect, have that effect of the pardon been in your soul? Has the Holy Spirit revealed to you where you've just wanted to shout victory because of His blood? And I had to put that in there because of His blood so that we don't shout in victory because of anything we've done. We're casting our crowns at His feet and saying, Lord, You're the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. You've done all things for me. These are the effects of part. It also produces humility of your soul and a debasing view of self. You say, wait a minute. How does that go in together with praise and go in together with shouting? Because it's seeing yourself for who you are. And it's seeing Him. Isn't that what John the Baptist told us? He must increase and we must decrease. Well, when we're decreased, when we're laid low before him, when we're sitting at his feet in our rightful place, he's exalted. It's a humility working in our soul. It's the same humility that Christ had when he went to the cross, when he laid down his life. I want to quote a few saints for you this morning. Jacob said, I am not worthy of the least of thy mercies. Abraham said, I am but dust and ashes. Asaph said, so foolish and ignorant was I. John the Baptist said, whose shoe latchet I am not worthy to unloose. These are the humbled, who did not humble themselves, by the way, the humbled souls of the children of God at his feet, and in His presence. They're looking at self, and as the Apostle Paul said, there's no good thing dwelling in me, not my flesh, not one good thing. But in that part in me, that Christ is in me, is every good thing. It's Christ Himself. To Him be all glory. That's what pardon shows us. It lays us low and says, Lord, you've done all this for me, which kind of goes into my last point, which is wonder and astonishment. You did this for me, Lord. You know, the more I live in this life, the more every day the people I run into entitlement will come and slap you right in the face. It's everywhere. Do you know who I am? Do you know what I'm entitled to? That's the absence of Christ's work. Christ's work lays the sinner low, but gives him wonder and astonishment at what Christ has done for him. It's not, do you know who I am? Do you know who he is? Do you know what he's done for me? It's the words of Ruth and what she said to Boaz in 2.10. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes? And thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger. Lord, I've been a stranger from you. How can you show such grace? How can such grace be found in thine eyes for me? Have you ever had that wonder? and That's what I'm saying. When the Lord sets you in that place, and he shows you that he took your place and he died for you. This is the result of it. You're crying out to the Lord, Lord, how? How? What about? how could it be me? I've done nothing for you. These are the catalogs of my sins against you. This is the way I've lived my life. This is what I've done. This is what I did in my youth. This is what I did in my midlife. This is but it's not about me. It's about him. And what he's done, that's the effect of pardon. And that's what I've tried to share with you this morning. This is what the Holy Ghost shows us in the Word. This is what he shows us, what Christ has done for us, and this is the, what it produces in the soul, what he produces in the soul. Now let's go back to our text, which we haven't been much today. It really won't be much longer there. I just wanted to accentuate the words abundantly pardon" in Isaiah 55, 7, which we'll read one more time and all the way through the end of the chapter. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon and I hope and pray today that I've shown you, that the Holy Spirit shows you what the effects of that abundantly pardon is, what it is for your soul. And now I'm going to tell you why he did it. And Here it is in night. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. We just left off with that point, wonder and astonishment. Oh, Lord, how, how could you do for such someone like me, a sinner such as mine, the chief of sinners? Well, because my thoughts are not your thoughts. Your thoughts say you're unworthy. My thoughts say, you're worthy in me. Your thoughts are not, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, these are the gifts of the Lord, by the way, His righteousness, His love, His mercy. But watereth the earth and make it bring forth bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. So I was hoping to show you today all through the word. This is what Christ has done. This is who he is to his people. This is what he reveals to us he's done. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void but it shall accomplish that which I please. You want to know why? Because it pleased Him to do it. It pleased the Father. It pleased the Son. It pleased the Holy Ghost to bring salvation to His church. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it, for you shall go out with joy and joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. This is that joy and astonishment and praise. And instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Oh, dear ones, don't rejoice that the Spirit's subject unto you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And they're written in heaven because the Lord has done all things, and He's pardoned us, and the effects of that pardon is the life that He lives in us to reveal to us what He's done. May the Lord add His power. Dear Heavenly Father, Have Thy power and Thy clarity and reveal to us Thy abundant pardon in our soul this day that we may experience You in that way. Show us, Lord, that You have taken our punishment upon You and You have set us free in Your Son. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.